Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 103.1 FM 910 980 1300 AM or anywhere on that Odyssey app. Make sure you download that and get it. And you can listen wherever you go. You can go back, listen to another day. I think you go back three days. Pick it up, pause it, pick it back up when you're uh, when you're back in the car or whatever you're doing. It's 5.09 here on this Monday, July 10th. Looks like, sounds, feels like, looks like, feels like, sounds like. It feels like the uh, winter's just the uh, winter. See, I'm done. It's Monday. I can't. The summer is just flying by. Uh, really kind of was looking at today, and you know, most college kids are back to school in a month. And then, you know, September rolls around, and then the end of September you start getting some chilly uh, weather, and it's done. We're back to the, the fall. I love the fall. Fall's probably one of my favorite uh, times of year. But uh, I do like me my summer as well. As long as it's not hot and humid, which it has been, hopefully that levels off. I got a bunch of text messages in. Thank you guys for coming in. That Anywhere from kids, people's kids who are 15 working their first jobs are making over $10 an hour at different locations. Uh, other people, no, no one is making, no one seemed out of the text messages I got to be making under $10 an hour. So the we were talking about the uh, meaningless and Mostly useless resolution that the uh, mayor of Scranton and the Scranton City Council uh, pushed out there to kind of support the the movement in Harrisburg to raise the minimum wage. And again, it's mostly monumental because most people are making more than the minimum wage. And again, some people brought up tip workers. Tip workers have always been gauged differently because they do get the tips. And it's a double-edged sword, you know, having worked in both businesses. You know, there was a time where tip workers got nothing but tips. They got no base wage. Uh, now they get a couple bucks, you know, as a base wage, 280 or 380 or whatever the, that wage is as a base, and then they, they get tips involved with that. But the double-edged sword there is if you push too hard and then you get, you know, you fight for that minimum wage, whatever it may be, and then all of a sudden your your employer is taking a portion, a percentage of your tips. That's the double-edged sword that happens there in places who have pushed that. That's what's happened. Yeah, we'll give you minimum wage, plus you get tips, but now the tips are pooled and everyone gets a portion of that, including the house, which is your employer. I mean, now a lot of tips are pooled anyway, and, uh, you know, the cooks get it, the runners get a piece, and everybody gets a little portion of that. But the more you push on that, um, the more it's going to get taken from it. So just be careful what you wish for when you're a tip employee. I mean, I know tip employees, if you're if you're a good bartender in a decent area, you're making a decent living. You're making a hell of a living. So, and, but there's places where you, you're basically getting by. I, I get that. Talking about uh, just getting by, uh, we're still at an impasse with our budget in Harrisburg. And the main sticking point now that the governor has given up if it was truly a heartfelt try to get a school voucher program uh, or if it was just a campaign stunt, uh, I'm unsure at this point, and I don't think we'll ever know one way or another. But, uh, you know, he, as soon as the, the teachers union drew a line in the sand with the Democrats in their pockets, um, you know, he backed off and is, is stating he's going to veto that. But the sticking point now is the state funding for Temple, Penn State, um, Lincoln University and the University of Pittsburgh. They receive, even though they're private universities or semi-quasi-private public 
they're a private university, but they get public funds. And um, there seems to be the sticking point with that. And the, and the Pennsylvania House members have left Harrisburg indefinitely without passing a funding for the Commonwealth state-related universities. Uh, appropriations for Lincoln University, Penn State University, Temple University, and University of Pittsburgh must pass the legislature by a two-thirds majority. Now, Democrats control the state house, but only by a single vote. And they ended Friday's session without a resolution and blamed Republicans for the deadlock. Um, now, he- here's here's what we're going. Th- these These universities... Are uh, are looking for them up, looking for money, and they're saying, "Well, it's it's how we keep tuition down. We 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 pay portions of people's tuition, state residents, and it's our tax dollars that's doing this." And the Democrat leaders in the state house first moved the standalone bills that would have provided roughly 170 million dollars, 170 million and 162 million, respectively, to Temple and Pitt. So we're giving Temple University 170 million. We're giving Pitt University of Pittsburgh 162 million, and both those bills failed. Uh, the bill that would provide Lincoln with 16 million passed. Uh, another vote to allocate money for Penn State was never brought up for a vote. Now, now here's the deal: we're talking. Somewhere around five or six hundred million dollars that these universities are looking for in order to keep their tuitions down. Now, I, I did a little research on this, and if you want to look at the true cause of the student loan crisis, it's universities and colleges gouging students with these astronomical fees because. They know there's these guaranteed loan programs and everything else, and they're getting top dollar for what's becoming more and more a subpar education. Now, they want our tax dollars to help keep their tuitions down. And again, this is Penn State University, Temple University, Lincoln University, and University of Pittsburgh. I took a look at their endowments, their balances. Penn State University has an endowment of $4.61 billion dollars. Temple University's endowment is $778 million, which is up 28% from 2021. And they raise between $100 and $120 million a year for their endowment. Lincoln University, the smallest universities out of the four, has an endowment valued at $45.5 million. And the University of Pittsburgh has a $5.68 billion endowment. So you're looking eleven, twelve billion dollars between these four schools. Eleven or twelve billion dollars in, in endowments. And if you look at Penn State, it's breaking down. They out of their four point six one billion dollar endowment, they spent about hundred and sixty million last year. The rest of that the $4.5, $4.4 billion was put in investment funds for the future. 
But they want $600 million from us, you and I, the taxpayer, to help keep tuition down? This is where we need to really start looking. And I understand schools need their investments. They have to have their endowments. And, and, and I get that. They invest in their, their, their facilities. They invest in their professors. They invest in their students. They invest in that. But, but like I said, out of the $4.6 billion that Penn State has, they're only using $160 million of that for those purposes. They're investing the rest. And you look at Temple University, like I said, they, they get in in donations 120, 100 to $120 million annually. But this bill that we just spoke about, they wanted, uh, what was it, $160 million from us, the taxpayer? Yeah, $170 million, respectively, to Temple. That's what this bill that was in the state house that uh, thankfully failed. You or I, the taxpayer, is getting gouged left and right by these universities. Penn State, an endowment of $4.6 billion. Temple University, endowment of seven, almost a billion dollars, $778 million. Lincoln University, again, it's a small college. and University of Pittsburgh, $5.68 billion. And they need our tax dollars to the tune of five or six hundred million to keep tuition down. Are you kidding me? Are you truly kidding me? How about you get rid of the dozen or so diversity officers that you built up just to say you have that do absolutely nothing for your, your college? And again, this is what's the core factor of the students out there who want others to pay their loans now. There is no reason an education at these places should cost you $250,000 in four years. There's no reason for that. Plus, we're giving these these, uh, universities $170 million a year, $600 between all of them. And again, this is just these four. This doesn't even include the Pennsylvania State College System. You know, your Bloomsburg, your Clarion, they're a separate entity. You know, they vote every year to raise their funds as well. But they're not a quasi-private public university like a Penn State, like a Pitt, like a Temple. And I don't know how Lincoln University is, but obviously it is because there's a bill to get them. But you're talking $12 billion just for these four schools, $12 billion in endowments. How about they start investing more of that? into getting good students into their universities that give them an alumni base that donates back to them, that gives them the reputation of producing good, successful students. That's their investment. That shouldn't be our investment as, a ta- as taxpayers. I know a lot of people in this area have gone to Penn State. I know a lot of people in this area have gone to University of Pittsburgh. I know a lot of people have gone to, to Temple University and Lincoln University. There's a vested interest that their, their, their alma mater is successful, that produces successful people. But the taxpayers who haven't gone there, who are not endowed to these four universities, there's no investment for me that someone's successful from Penn State University. It should be Penn State University's goal 
that their students are successful. So they should be investing their endowment, not my tax dollars, not your tax dollars. But as long as the government is handing out money, as long as the Democrats or whoever's in charge is handing out money to them and in their pockets and, and, and being advocates for them in Harrisburg or in Washington, why wouldn't they stand there with their hands out? If someone's, gonna, if someone's dumb enough to hand you money, why wouldn't you accept it? But the people we're electing are the ones that are dumb enough, which means we're the ones that are dumb enough to keep putting these people in power, to hand our tax dollars over to billion-dollar entities. You know, everybody wants to point at the corporations. Look at how the corporations are price gouging. Look at how, you know, the corporations are are doing this and the mean old corporations are doing that. Our universities, our colleges are doing exactly the same thing and smiling about it in back rooms. And where are the dumb ones that keep accepting it? Billion-dollar organizations, these universities and colleges, but they need our tax dollars to keep tuition down? I don't think so. And we need to start asking more questions and putting people in Harrisburg, putting people in Washington that want to start asking questions of these universities and colleges. Penn State has $4.6 billion in endowments, and they need our tax dollars to keep their, their, their tuition down? No, it's up to them to invest in their students so successful students go out there, make good money to donate back to their college. My tax dollars shouldn't have to do that. Your tax dollars shouldn't have to do that. If you're a Penn State alumni and you want to support them, that should be your choice, not my forced tax dollars. 522 here at WILK. It's time for the traffic and weather. Thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. Construction is still causing a jam. 81 northbound at Hartford, on 80 westbound in Bloomsburg as well. And there are delays on Route 11 in Nicholson because of that road work going on. A little bit of slowing through the Scranton area. 81 southbound, Dunmore to Scranton. And from Highland Park Boulevard to Blackman Street, 81 southbound in the Wilkesbury area. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line. 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 60. Tuesday, mostly sunny and warmer. Uh, it's the pick of the week. A high of 89, low humidity. Wednesday, mix of sun and clouds. Hot, isolated afternoon thunderstorms. High 90. Thursday, mostly cloudy with showers and thunderstorms, breezy high 87. Friday, partly sunny with a chance for a shower, a thunderstorm high 87. It's currently 79 degrees and partly sunny here at 524. Your official weather station, WILK and the Rob O'Donnell. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 527 here at the station. Um, You know, we were talking about the university and colleges needing our tax dollars to keep their tuition down. University and colleges need our tax dollars to keep their uh, tuitions down. Colleges and universities are the perfect organized crime organization. Think about it. They got government money guaranteed loans for income, tons of write-offs, but yet, 
we keep handing them money. It's uh, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and, and it's something we're going to keep an eye on because none of these bills passed, and this is the budget holdup right now, the fact that we won't fork over our money to billion-dollar university and colleges, organizations. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see. And, and it just goes from <laughs> dumb to dumber. Uh, you know, with the college systems in Harrisburg and the people we put there that just want to funnel money. And, and they're literally fighting over it, saying how, how it's an investment for Pennsylvania to invest in these colleges. No, it's an investment for those universities and colleges. It, it behooves them to have the good reputation of good students, successful students that go out there and do that. Because you know what? A good portion of those Pennsylvania residents who do succeed from these universities, are moving out of the Commonwealth to begin with. Now, uh, when I go, it just said, when I said it just goes from bad to worse, here's, here's another one. You know, your next Supreme Court case. A Democratic bill in California would mandate judges to consider race while doling out prison sentences. So much for our blind and just justice system. They're going to take race into consideration now. Um, it's the intent of the legislature to rectify the racial bias that has historically permeated our criminal justice system, as documented by the California Task Force to study and develop reparation provo- proposals for African Americans. The proposed new section to the penal code reads. Whenever the court has discretion to determine the appropriate sentence according to relevant statutes and the sentencing rules of the judicial council, the court presiding over the criminal matter should consider the disparate impact on historically disenfranchised and system-impacted populations. God help us. God help it. And, you know, they, they just talk about the, the back end, you know, the sentencing end of the criminal justice system where they want racial status taken into effect. It's just the back end. Why aren't they looking at the front end of that and asking the really hard questions that no one wants to, that no politician wants to adapt, that how come... Black men in America are disproportionately represented in committing violent felony crime in America. How about we look at that? And then they come up with more issues because it's more systemic racism and white supremacy that caused them to do the more violent crimes. It's just we're in Looneyville, especially in places like California. It, it truly is. They just want to look at the back end, you know, the sentencing part. You know, let's take into consideration if they were in a disenfranchised population and sentence them less so they can go back out and commit more crime. That's where we're at there. It's 531 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 536. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. You can go to the phones now. We have a cat from Archibald on Bidenomics. Hey, yeah, that's what I want to call it. He said it the other day, Bidenomics. And, you know, this guy keeps lying with impunity. 
you know, the thing of it is they couldn't get it through the Supreme Court to pay for these these uh, college um, debts. So there he's coming in through the back door and he's going to pay the colleges now with our tax money. It still is our tax money. It reminds me of what Milton Friedman, when he wrote that book about how easy it is to take other people's money and spend other people's money and that you don't care about it. That's true, true, Kat. And uh, Biden, Biden, and uh, Biden, Bidenomics is, seems to be the catchphrase that uh, even even him and his administration have adopted. It was used in jest, and, and now he he's uh, adopted it, and it's 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 ridiculous to say he's the coming least. Coming in through the back door and using it. He didn't like the agreement of the Supreme Court justices going ahead and um, not allowing these these student loans to be paid through uh, our taxpayer dollars, but he is. He's still spending our our taxpayer dollars on students' loans. And, and, and they're getting our money no matter what. And that's how he is. You know, this guy keeps lying with impunity. He gets no, uh, no flack back. We don't flack him back enough. Because he's got that spokeswoman who keeps like acting like she doesn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and they they <laughs> knew this wasn't going to happen from the first. I appreciate your call, Cat. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, they, they knew this wasn't going to happen. I, I played the audio of Nancy Pelosi saying that it, it, it needed to be an act of Congress. It wasn't going to go anywhere. Joe Biden himself said it wasn't a viable plan. But the progressives, the AOCs of the Congress, pushed him to... Uh, to jump by. And, and you know what? Joe Biden continues to be an embarrassment for this country. If you look at him in Europe today, in England, walking with the king, with King Charles, uh, he's just lost. I mean, it's just it's embarrassing. He's lost. Um, you know, he, he let uh, he let some American military info slip during a live interview where he said, we're, we're out of these shells. We're out of uh, 155 millimeter shells. And uh, that's why we're giving Ukraine cluster bombs. And military assets, senior military leadership, was uh, extremely concerned that, that he let that slip. That's something probably he was told confidentially in, cl- in classified briefings. But he, he let it slip out there. And that's the risk when you have a decrepit old man pretending to be president. And that's what they're doing. They're walking him through the motions. It is what it is. If you cannot see it, if you think this guy's on on the ball, if you think he's there for another four years after He's finished with this term. Oh, come on. I mean, at least be honest with yourself. The mere fact that you don't have anybody sitting in the batting cages waiting to take it, take the place. Uh, so, you, so you'll deal with the decrepit old man uh, in the White House again. And hopefully he doesn't embarrass us even more than he does. But he, he does continuously. It's uh, 540 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather. Well, thank you, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update is brought to you by Cars.com. It's pretty decent out there. Not seeing too many big problems. 80 westbound's a bit jammed up because of construction there. There is some slowing on 81 northbound between New Milford and Harford because of that construction going on. And a little bit of slowing through the Scranton area on 81 southbound. But other than that, nothing to cry about. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. 
Thank you, Nikki. What if they're just sad? Can they cry about something else? Uh, yeah, you can cry about something else. You can cry about something else, but really traffic's traffic. not worth no, it. Nope, nope. <laughs> okay, just so we you got that straight. Cry about the administration in Washington, yes. yes. You can have a good cry, it just won't be about traffic today. We've determined that. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist, meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 60. Tuesday, mostly sunny and warmer. It's the pick of the week from, uh, I don't know, I guess it's Jeremy's pick of the week. Could be mine, too. High 89. Wednesday, mix of sun and clouds. Hot, isolated afternoon thunderstorms. High 90. Thursday, mostly cloudy with a shower and thunderstorm. Breezy, high 87. Friday, partly sunny with a chance of shower or thunderstorm. High 87. It's currently 79 degrees, partly sunny, at 541 at your official weather station, WIOK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 546. Jake, I think I'm going to bring you into this conversation, so you may want to put your headphones on there. Looks like the New York Times is disbanding its entire sports department and will rely on coverage from the Atlantic. Oh, really? To uh, For all its sports needs. The New York Times, the newspaper of record, disbanded its entire sports department. That is unbelievable. And especially when you consider the magnitude of the Yankees, the Giants, the Jets, the Mets. I mean, that that's just that's just incredible. Now you, the Atlantic, you were saying, yeah. Well, the first thing I was sort of thinking or coming to mind was the Athletic. It's a it's a website, but it obviously it's. A, oh, I'm sorry, it is pay. the Athletic. Yeah, but it, it's it's a website, and you have to pay in order to see all all the articles and whatnot. And I think I think more than anything, I, I think. Unfortunately, it's just a sign of the times anymore. You're seeing it with so many newspapers where, you know, not everybody's reading it the traditional way or the old school way. A lot of people are going on the Internet now, it seems like. And, and yeah, like I was saying, it's just crazy the, the way that time has sort of evolved and whatnot. So that's huge. Yeah, it yeah. looks like uh, the New York Times acquired The Athletic, a website it acquired last year for $550 million dollars. Says the, the the decision impacts more than thirty five people in the sto- sports department, according to the New York Times journalist and sports desk. Um, so all their all their sports new needs now will come from the athletic. Well, the New York Times itself, uh, you have to pay for any of their articles anyway. Yeah, good point. So the paywall for for the athletic it will be no different. Yeah. Um, but so much for the New York Times sports department. Now, do you know? Where the athletic is based out of? Are they in New York as well? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I see them on Twitter from time to time, obviously, but I'm not gonna. It's funny, like they'll have, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll have like all these articles and whatnot. Ah, oh, if you pay this this amount, you know, to to see it, I'm thinking, ah, okay. Uh, the athletic, where are they based out of? That's a good question. All right, I put you on the spot there anyway, but it, no, no, it's, it's interesting. It's um, San Francisco. Who wants to hear news on sports from San Francisco? Could can I mean they couldn't even hold on to a football team? Yeah, that's a, an interesting thing that you mentioned is the San Francisco 49ers even though they they still have the San Francisco name. They play all the way out in Santa Clara, which is like a good 45 minutes from there. I I, I remember a lot of people, LA was one of them. When they moved out of Candlestick Park and they went to Levi Stadium, a lot of people were, were not thrilled about that move whatsoever. I mean, Santa Clara 49ers just obviously doesn't have the the ring or the mystique that San Francisco does. Yeah, I mean, it's an internet-based platform. So uh, 
you know, I guess uh, they could be anywhere and work out of, uh, you know, wherever they are in the nation. But uh, does 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 Pennsylvania, does does Northeast Pennsylvania really want to get their sports from San Francisco? I don't think there's much from no. San Francisco I want. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything going on in NASCAR this week or this past well, weekend? Last night was a wild one at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And... Once again, for Brad Keselowski, twice this year at Atlanta Motor Speedway, March and last night, it felt like his winless streak was finally going to come to an end. It's been two years since he had won a race, had a great car. And it's one thing when you're having to race the racetrack. It's another thing when you're having to race against Mother Nature at the same time. And unfortunately for Brad, he was leading there, had a pit for fuel. Obviously, he wasn't going to have enough to make it. He was only able to rally back up to sixth and... William Byron, what a what a career year. What else can you say about William? Um, going into the year, he had four cup wins last night. You know, he overcame a penalty. He spun out early on. He went a lap down, got his lap back, and was in prime position when that rain came and NASCAR called it. So four wins going into this year, and William Byron already has four wins on the year after last night. So he's definitely living up to the pressure that comes with such an iconic number like the 24. And it was cool that he was able to take some pictures with Jeff Gordon in victory lane last night. But, yeah, I, it's it's been so refreshing to see William Byron finally live up to the potential that everyone, myself included, has expected out of him for the past several years. And going into Pocono, obviously less than two weeks away, William has always had a very, very stout track record at Pocono. And it wouldn't even surprise me one bit if he's parking that 24 car in Victory Lane on July 23rd. So yeah, it'd be good to see. Where are they this weekend coming up? Loudon, New Hampshire. Ah. So the cool thing with the cool thing with Loudon is when you win, you get to take a picture in Victory Lane with, with an actual live lobster. I think it's it's become one of the more cooler traditions that that there is in, in the sport. So the biggest thing with Loudon is just like Atlanta last night. It's a cool racetrack and everything, but as of right now, this coming Sunday, guess what there's a possibility of up in New Hampshire? Rain. Yeah. This seems like a common theme right now. So, it's what, you, what happens when you race in the East Coast during the summer? Yeah. It's, it's bound to be an issue, be it the South or up here. Yeah, my biggest thing was the start time last night. It started at 7 o'clock, obviously East Coast time. And the whole day, the whole day at Atlanta Motor Speedway, the entire afternoon, it was bone dry. And I get where... NASCAR and USA Network, NBC Sports, I get where they're coming from, where they want to make it more a more pleasant experience for a fan. You don't want to be baking out in the heat and say 90-degree weather. But at the same time, they would have gotten all 260 laps of that racing instead of 185 like they did last night. So that's the one thing is I just wish that the start times were what they used to be, like a 1 o'clock race or so. And it's like Dale Jr. said, you know, when he was a kid, one of the one of the coolest things for, for him as a kid was, you know, you would get home from church and you would try and see if you make it home in time for a 12 o'clock race, a 12 o'clock race. And, and when Dover was postponed back in April, he said, he's like, yeah, I finally got a 12 o'clock start, but go figure, it took having to get pushed back on a Monday. <laughs> you know, it's just the way things are anymore. Yeah, and I, I so I received an email from NASCAR to see if I, I wanted to interview Chandler Smith. Oh, Chandler Oh, yeah, he won the truck race at 
Pocono last year. Yeah, he was currently fifth in the Xfinity in Series the Xfinity points, points. Yeah. Uh, standing as a 21-year-old rookie. He he is an incredible talent. Says yeah, he's right. competing for the. I know we were talking about who I didn't, wasn't sure. I have the email up now, so that's who it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. At first, I, at first, I was thinking you, you were thinking that it might have been the Truck Series, but it's the Xfinity Series. And Chandler is an incredible talent already. He raced for Kyle Busch Motorsports for a number of years in the Truck Series, defending champion of the Truck Race of Pocono, and this year taking another step up into the Xfinity Series. Scored his first Xfinity win at Richmond back on. April 1st, done a few cup races here and there as well. And I feel like I would say probably by about 2025, I could see him racing on Sundays permanently. He, he's he got a great amount of talent, great amount of faith. He's he's a great all-around racer, and I'm definitely looking forward to, to the future that he has. Well, you have any plans this weekend? You want to go out to Pocono and interview Chandler Smith for that, me? That would be fun. <laughs> I can, I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond to them and see if I can send uh, my producer, well, NASCAR expert, out there. Well, so, he, well, the th- he's racing up in New Hampshire this Saturday. Uh, when, when do they say the interview is? It does just says he's going to be in Pocono this oh, weekend. Nice. That's that's pretty awesome. But yeah, the Xfinity Series, they're, they're racing up in New Hampshire this Saturday. I think it's a three or four o'clock race. I, I, I forget what time it starts. Yeah, I'm, it just says this weekend. Uh, Maybe on the way up to New Hampshire or coming back, either one. Because, I, yeah, I don't think, yeah, he's not doing the cup race the, this Sunday. I know he's doing a few cup races here and there, but New Hampshire is not one of them that, that he has scheduled. For and what's sure. a Coolig Racing? Colleague. Colleague Racing? Yeah, Colleague Racing. Matt Colleague, he is, I think he's from Ohio. And one of the sponsors that they've always had is like leaf filter gutter protection or something like that. And he's expanded in, in the sport over time. And a matter of fact, one of his cars last night with A.J. Allmendinger finished third at Atlanta. So they're, they're definitely they're a good team in the Xfinity Series, and they're starting to get better and better in the Cup Series. Um, so I'm going to RSVP to their representative here and see if we can get you out there. And it says he's uh, competing for Rookie of the Year in the Xfinity Series after four full and part-time seasons in the, in the NASCAR series. Craftsman Truck Series. Yeah. He's finished third in the Truck Series Championship last year. Yeah. All right. We're going to see if we can get that done. And uh, if we do, then the week after, that Monday after, we'll have some interviews with Jake at the Pocono with uh, some NASCAR drivers. Pretty incredible. It's uh, 5.56 here at WIK. We'll be back with the show in a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. Anywhere on that Odyssey app, make sure you downloaded that and listen uh, when you can. It's uh, 5.58 here. We're going to wrap up the Rob O'Donnell Show. I got a text message in. Now without sports, there will be zero facts in the New York Times. <laughs> Just goes to show the reputation they've given themselves with some of the the nonsense. And again, they used to be the the newspaper record. I was brought up. My father, you know, when I was a young child, used to show me the New York Times and tell me time and time again, "This is the newspaper of record. This is the newspaper you read when you really want to know the facts." And this was. 45 years ago, 46 years ago, and look how things have changed just in that short amount of time. But it truly has. I mean, this this narrative-driven media instead of fact-based media really needs to get back and find its find its ethos, find its finds it find its core values, uh, because we're we're all suffering from it. I mean, it, it's nice. It would be nice to get true fact-based news. 
uh, even for myself. You know, I'm slanted through the media organizations I look, but I look at all sides of it. I look at all the news organizations. I read the Washington Post. I read the New York Times. I read the Post. I read, you know, newspapers from all over because I want to get a well-rounded view before I make a decision, and that's what we need to do a better job of doing well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Monday, July 10th, 2023. You guys be safe. God bless, and we'll do this again tomorrow. Bye-bye.